Gabrielle Marie, philosopher, entrepreneur with almost 10 years of career and business mentoring under my belt. My purpose in life? World peace, of course, but in a slightly humbler fashion, helping people to say fuck it and free themselves from the stuff that keeps them from living fully. Get unstuck. Get unstuck. Welcome to a new episode. I'm so happy you're here. I want to start with my friend Ivana today, a professional dancer who doubles as an incredible stage performance artist and coach. The first time that we met, Ivana told me that I had to stop being so polite. I know, she really said that. Even though it might not sound like it, Ivana and I were really fond of each other right away even though we had very different personalities and still do. I was invited to one of her workshops during which she had me do a lot of different exercises, both with my voice and with my body. It was about stage presence and stage performance, so it was really, really out of my comfort zone. But it was a really interesting encounter nonetheless, because I'm more reserved, I'd say, and Ivana is definitely more outgoing, or at least more direct in the things that she says and the way that she brings them, clearly. And that reservedness is what I thought that she took for politeness. Ivana explained that she felt like the politeness that I was showing on stage was actually getting in the way of me truly expressing myself. And she said that I should be more forceful, um, like more present with my words, with my voice and not worry about how it will all, you know, translate to other people and make them feel. This, she told me, is the attitude that a performer needs to have if they want to stand out and captivate their audience. And even though I could see where Ivana was coming from, in a way, I also felt that she equated my so-called politeness with being too nice, as if it wasn't how I actually wanted to behave or there was something hidden or negative behind the politeness that I was showing. I've reflected on this a lot since that day and for the longest time I was a people pleaser and a pushover so her words really made me think because saying no for me was practically impossible for a very long time in my life and I would really often find myself apologizing for anything and everything and in all honesty I still do that sometimes especially with people that I don't know very well. So trying to please everyone was really my go-to and it also meant that I wasn't paying enough attention to what I wanted and that my needs always came last. Now luckily I've grown and changed a lot since then so when Ivana pointed it out to me it made me wonder you know is it true like what of this should I take on and maybe is there more work left for me to do in that area because Honestly, there is always more work that can be done, right? So I was just wondering if it was really an expression of like the people pleasing that I'd had inside of me for so long or if maybe there was something else and that she was just misinterpreting it. Now, it's true that I really enjoy being polite. I find that it's a way to express respect for others and to show them that 
you know, I care about their feelings. So it's partly how I communicate with people. And it's also true that people pleasers will most likely be polite, right? Because those two things work well together. But that doesn't mean that politeness is always a form of people pleasing. So while I feel that Ivana may have been right in telling me not to be too polite on stage, she was also wrong in thinking that politeness can only be an expression of being too nice. But it's definitely tricky because being polite or nice, let's say, can be a way to be civil and courteous, but also a way to avoid real engagement or confrontation. And I know that I've been, you know, guilty of that. It can be a way to avoid conflict because, of course, in in many cases, it's easier not to face the situation that's in front of us and to, you know, step away from potential conflict. I know that's how I avoided painful situations in the past. Now, I'd say that I still don't engage in conflict very much, but it's not so much out of fear anymore. It's more out of a pick your battles kind of thing. Conflict, in my opinion, is really only useful in two situations. If it will change something about the situation that the conflict is about, or if it's something that really matters to you, like the way somebody that you care about treats you, or the way that you feel misunderstood, or anything like that. If not, I just walk away. I mean, we only have 24 hours in a day. There's so much for us to do. Engaging in conflict that has no real purpose isn't very useful. Now, in this episode, I don't want to talk about the type of culturally accepted politeness that I just mentioned, you know, the superficial way of being nice and courteous. And with that, I'm also not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's, it's really good <laughs> that we get to be civil and nice and courteous with each other. So literally, there is nothing wrong with that. So that's the reason why I don't want to talk about it. But I want to talk about the type of being too nice that affects you in a negative way, because that type exists as well. It can affect your life. It can affect your work. It can affect your business. And that's why when it matters, I don't avoid conflict anymore. I just decide when or when not to engage in it. And that's the big difference. Before, by being a people pleaser and being too nice, I would probably just avoid it out of fear. So being mindful of why you do it is really important because not engaging in conflict because it doesn't matter to you is very different from avoiding conflict altogether or from accepting other people's behavior without ever standing up for yourself. Being too nice really is the kind of attitude that made me say yes to things that I really didn't want to do and that I would be very resentful of afterwards for saying yes to. And it's also the the kind of attitude that makes you accept disrespect from others, unfortunately, that makes you put your own needs and beliefs aside in order to make other people happy. It's the kind that makes a pushover out of you, really. And it's not really nice to be in that place. Because I believe that when you're too nice or polite, one way or another, you've been conditioned into that way of being. It's not something we're born with, right? 
even though I believe that you can have a kind heart or a kindness about you that's even there from the moment you are born, you can also still be strong and fierce and not someone people want to mess with. Best combination ever. A kind heart but a strong back. But when you're too nice and when we know that we are, we know because eventually we become super frustrated or resentful about situations in our lives and things we've said yes to, as I mentioned before. So when we know, we know that we're actually too nice, then it can mean that we're afraid to express ourselves and our true feelings. And it might be for many different reasons. It might be because of fear of rejections, um, out of our need to be liked, out of our need to please the people around us. In any case, being too nice really hides something deeper that needs to be addressed. That's not something I'm going to address in this episode, but I might come back to it later on. What I want to talk about now is that when nice becomes too nice, it's often an expression of fear and insecurity. That's also when this way of being becomes unhealthy and self-destructive. On the other side of that, of that spectrum, right, there is authenticity and assertiveness, ways of being that I've been cultivating as an antidote to my own tendency to be nice, and a way of being that I'm inviting all of my clients to take on and to learn as well because it's so much more powerful if i asked you what your most people-pleasing moment of all time was what would you say i'm sure you can think of a moment in your life where you were too nice too polite or when you let somebody just disrespect you and didn't stand up for yourself i know i have many examples from my own life but they're not so much a moment in time per se. They're more a dynamic that I kept going for a very long time, especially in personal relationships. I tended to put other people's feelings and needs before my own all the time. When I was in my 20s one summer, and I'm really not proud of this memory in a way or this experience. And when I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to share in this podcast, it was the first thing that came up. So I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to be totally vulnerable and authentic and real about it. But now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, damn, I was really so nice. Anyway, I'll let you be the judge of it. So when I was in my 20s, one summer, I went on a camping trip to the south of France with a friend. Back then, I was already very self-conscientious. I was very, you know, prepared. I planned everything in advance. Like I was really good at getting things done when, when we went on trips and stuff like that. So I'd prepared the trip in advance. I bought enough food to get us through our long drive. I loaded water, lemonade, you know, lots of things in the trunk of the car. My friend, who really his, wasn't that way at all, she hadn't done any of those things. But in less than a day, she'd eaten through half of the supplies that I'd bought and she drank all the fizzy drinks without asking me anything. Now, I have to be honest... I noticed her behavior, but I didn't say anything. So that was clearly on me. So then when we arrived, she confessed that she'd picked the town because it was the place where the parents of her then boyfriend owned a summer house. 
I wasn't aware of that. She didn't tell me before we arrived in the town. So you have to imagine the scene. We arrive at this camping place. I'm starting to open the trunk of the car, unload everything that's in the trunk because I want to set up the tent and I want to do all of those things. And then as I'm doing that, of course, she's not doing anything because that was also her style always, you know, to let me do all the work and then not do a lot on her own. So anyway... In that same conversation, while we just arrived and I'm unloading the car, she continues to talk to me by saying that she's now going to go by car. So I have to unload the car, you know, right? Take everything out because she's going to say hi to the boyfriend that I'm not allowed to come with her because it's his parents' place, it's a villa, they have a swimming pool. It's the middle of summer in the south of France. It's super hot and I'm not allowed to go. So she leaves me at the camping site, but not alone, not alone, because all of this was premeditated without me understanding what was happening. She'd asked a friend that I'd never seen before to join us on this trip. And I met him. The moment that I stepped into the car, the moment that we all, you know, started driving to the south of France, all of a sudden the guy was there and he was joining us. Anyway, I didn't see her again for the rest of the day and I didn't see her for the day after. Eventually, because I felt really uncomfortable having to spend time with someone I didn't know and I wasn't particularly vibing with, I cut short my holidays and I took a train back home. Now, I didn't speak to her for a long time after that. Not so much because we had a falling out or a conversation about it. I was actually sort of waiting for her to come to me and say, hey, what's up? You know, I'm sorry I messed up. But she never did. And because I was so conflict avoidant, I didn't go to her. But when we eventually spoke again, and that was at an event where we saw each other again, She didn't apologize. In fact, she's never apologized. And she's done more of those things throughout the years. And I've never received even a thank you, an apology, anything. One time when I tried to talk about it with her, about how bad I felt or thought that she was treating me, she simply said I was annoying and that I was hard to love. And that stayed with me for so long because I felt it was so unfair and not true at all. But at the same time, you know, I started to look at myself because the way that we react to other people it always says something about us, right? So the most recent iteration in this so-called friendship is that um, we'd set a date a few months ago after not seeing each other for years to spend some time together. And she canceled on me the day before. No, not even the day before. I think the day itself. Because she got invited to a dinner party when one of her old crushes was going to be. And the thing is, she didn't even try to make up a reason why, which I appreciate because I don't like people lying. But anyway, she just blatantly said that she'd rather see an old flame than hang out with me. Now, I haven't spoken to her since and I'm not really planning to anymore. I know I've always been too nice with her. But of course, luckily, something fundamentally changed. I changed. Now I know what's going on. I know the dynamic at play. So I'm really letting it go. Um, trying to reconnect with her when she reached out to me was, you know, probably also just because 
I would have liked to have a conversation with her, but then eventually it didn't happen, so that's fine. But before, when I didn't realize the dynamic of our relationship, where I was being overly nice and she was just gratefully accepting everything that I was giving her, how that was unhealthy, that's that's really why I'm not blaming her anymore. It's not more her fault than mine. Like, you have to be two people to do this. Now, because this way of being is unsustainable, in the past, of course, I would become frustrated. I would feel that my needs weren't being met. That then would make me mad, of course, because how could she, how could they, how could anyone, you know, have so little regard for me, while, of course, I was being so nice to them. Internal conflict would then follow, and I would sometimes have conversations, you know, about Uh, the situation, but they would never really amount to anything because the problem wasn't being addressed. Only its symptoms were. I'm still learning, to be honest, how to strike the right balance between being polite and being assertive, between coming across as too nice or being too demanding. It's a balancing act, I guess. Glenn, my therapist, says that it's a pendulum. And if you go to the extreme on one side, when you learn to be different or another way of being first, the pendulum is going to go all the way to the other side. So, you know, you have to give it a little bit of time to sort of land in the middle. I do try to find that middle ground. And it's one where you can definitely be respectful of other people while still being true to yourself. You can be polite but not too polite. You can be kind and strong at the same time. You can become passionate and not let people take advantage of you. One thing I learned throughout the years is that being too nice isn't actually nice at all. It's the exact opposite. And I've called this toxic in the past, being a people pleaser, being too nice, even though some people have told me that that might be a little bit too harsh. I don't know. I don't really think it is because it's that behavior really isn't going to get you what you want anyway. And it won't make people like you or respect you. Like with the friend that I mentioned, if you remain too nice, it will only make people take advantage of you and leave you feeling frustrated. And the thing is too, as long as you don't say anything, It's not even really their fault, is it? How could they know? We assume people know, but why would they know if we pretend everything's okay? So we're doing it ourselves in a way. It doesn't give the other person a fair chance or an opportunity to show up in a different way, to learn, to grow, to respect us more, or to show sincere appreciation because they don't know how we feel. They think or they pretend to think that our needs are being met when clearly they're not. But is it really their fault if we're always saying that everything's fine? Not really. The solution is to practice being authentic and assertive. It's really about finding your voice, setting boundaries and being honest about what you need and expect from others. That way you can show them respect, while also taking care of yourself. It will take practice. It's not an overnight thing, but it's worth it in the end. And one thing that really helped me was to learn the difference between being nice and being kind. Because being nice, especially being too nice, 
can definitely be a way to manipulate the feelings of others. If you don't want somebody to get mad at you, even if, I mean, in a million years they wouldn't, but you think they might, by being too nice to avoid potential conflict, you're really manipulating them, aren't you? I think it is. I think that's what we're doing. So that's not really a nice state of being. Whereas being kind is about taking care of yourself and others in an honest and respectful way. As I said, you know, I'm still learning how to do this. But here are a few ways that I love to practice. Active listening. Being open and honest with my feelings. Trying not to take things personally. Being aware of my fears, that's a big one. Setting clear boundaries, easier said than done, believe me. Not being afraid to say no, same as before, easier said than done. And recognizing when I'm pleasing instead of being my authentic self. In the end, really, it's important to remember that it's okay not to be too nice all the time. Nothing horrible is going to happen. We're only being conditioned to think so. So our nervous system, every alarm system we have inside of, of ourselves, as soon as we become a little bit more authentic and we have a little bit stronger boundaries, is going to try and make us think that something horrible is going to happen. But it really isn't. Instead, try to respect yourself, you know, by setting those boundaries, by staying true to yourself and to your needs. Yeah. That's it. The end of another episode. Here's this week's fuck it, let's do it experiment before I say goodbye. In the next seven days, I want you to be mindful of when you're being ta-da, too nice, obviously. I want you to pay attention and reflect on how it's making you feel if you're letting other people take advantage of your niceness or if you're coming from a place of authenticity. See if you can find ways to be polite without being too nice. At least once this week, say no when you know you would normally say yes, but also know you would resent it afterwards. And you get bonus points for speaking up about something that's been bothering you for a while and that you haven't had the courage to address yet. Like, for instance, and I know she's listening, that's why... (laughs) So, Kate, this is for you. So like my friend Kate, who has a horrible neighbor who complains about her making too much noise all of the freaking time, to the point that my friend Kate now doesn't even dare to go up the stairs of her own house anymore. Can you believe it? That neighbor, she's really, she's really something. So time to get going, Kate, and have a chat with her. I know you can do it. I believe in you. What I'm going to do this week is make sure that I don't say yes to anything I don't really want to do. Because honestly, if it's not a hell yes, what is it? Well, it's a big no. There's also a little act of daily rebellion you can take with you into the week as well. And I've really been super excited about sharing this one with you ever since I thought it up. I know it exists already, but I was like, I want to add this to the podcast because I'm sure this is a cool, you know, act of rebellion. Anyway, that's what I mean. So here it is. Write a love letter to yourself. One that's only about you and only about how amazing you are and only meant for you. I want you to go 
all in on loving yourself, telling yourself how amazing you are, how great you are, how much you love yourself and don't hold back. Just go all the way. That's it. If you feel like sharing your experiment or how writing that love letter made you feel, or if you're not sure what a good experiment might be for you, don't hesitate to email me at muriel at murielmarie or send me a DM on Instagram at murielmarie. Thank you for listening. Have fun and talk to you next week. Bye. Just a heads up, I'm not a therapist or a doctor, so if you're not feeling your best mentally or physically and you need some help, please make sure to consult with a medical professional or a therapist.